This is Clutch Fans. And by the way, shout out to the Clutch Fans. You're listening to the Clutch Fans Podcast, an open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards. Houston Rockets is unbeatable. <laughs> Now, here's your host, the man who would have drafted Harold Miner over Robert Ory, Dave Hardesty. Welcome into the podcast. I am here with my good friend MK Bauer of Sports Exchange, and it is, uh, we're in a good uh, situation right now, talking about something that happened where the Rockets are in the playoffs after beating the Sacramento Kings tonight, 116-81. to uh, It was a game that Really, the Rockets were playing what amounted to a D-League team, eight guys on the roster for, pretty much for the, the Kings, and uh, it just never felt competitive in any way. And not surprising, given the circumstances. It felt a lot like that Memphis game from a, a month or so ago where they rolled in here with basically a D-League squad and the Rockets ran rough shot over them. And, it, and it's interesting to me that you know it, it's the very best of the Rockets when, when they're dialed in and they're clicking offensively, and they can be that good against good teams. You know, yeah. When they have all their all their guns kind of blazing and, and James Harden is kind of being both a scorer and a facilitator simultaneously, they can be that good, which leads into what happens next for them after winning this game and getting themselves into the postseason. Absolutely. So with, with the win, the Rockets clinched the eighth seed uh, they will face the golden state warriors 73 wins for the warriors they are the greatest regular season team of all time and you and i talked about this all day we've been talking about it for weeks um but you know it came to just this end here where the rockets were in a an interesting dilemma because of the uniqueness of this ty lawson trade where the rockets traded a lottery protected first round pick but it doesn't carry over. It, it becomes a second-round pick in 2017 if the Rockets were to miss the playoffs. Had the Rockets lost this game and, and the Jazz won and, and the Rockets missed the playoffs, they would have picked 12th in the draft. As a result of making the playoffs, their 15th pick of the draft, the very best it could have been uh, outside the lottery, goes to Denver. Uh, a trade that we thought was just an absolute coup for the Rockets turned out to be actually kind of lopsided in Denver's favor. They get the 15th pick of this draft. I did not want to see the Rockets in the playoffs. I didn't think that they deserved to make the playoffs. I thought it was a very extremely disappointing season. I wanted them to feel a little bit of pain from this. You might have had a little bit different opinion now that they're they're going to be the A-seed and facing the Warriors. And there are a lot of compelling arguments to be made. And I think, to your point, we've been discussing this really for weeks when it became clear that even if they make the playoffs, they're going to be no better than the seventh or eighth seed, which meant facing either the Spurs exactly. or the Warriors. One and six, but then be, when it became that, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the most important part of the, of the discussion. I think we would have felt a little bit differently if they, like you said, got to sixth place. Then you never know against a, a better Oklahoma City team, but a team they've matched up well with in recent years, particularly with Harden on their roster. But now I, I think that the die is cast, and they're, at best I think they, 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 they take five games against the Warriors and our season is done with. But, and where you and I have kind of butted heads on this, is, is opportunity. And, and I get the notion of the asset being very important. I read the, the Sam Hinkie letter about the, the, longest, the longest view in the room, and I understand that. And, and it's, again, a compelling argument to be made that given all that they've had gone through this season, 
given where their roster stands and the likelihood of them, you know, basically tearing down a, a portion of the roster and moving forward with some different pieces next season, that the asset will be nice. And, and it's something they probably need as they move forward, especially considering they may lose both of their young power forwards, especially considering that Sam Decker hasn't really been much, if anything, Bobby Portis. And there are some other things that, that we have to think about and, and that a, the 12th pick in the draft could have been something that could have been beneficial to them. But, and, and, I, and I believe maybe this is just the competitive nature within me and, and my belief that these athletes out here, these pros out here feel the same way, you don't get to dance with the girl unless you're at the party. And I think as, as minuscule as the odds are of them beating Golden State, and they are very minuscule, I would rather have that opportunity to be on that stage. Maybe James Harden reverses what's been a negative season for him in terms of his reputation and does something great in the postseason. Maybe Steph Curry, you know, turns an ankle and it's not a severe injury, but he's out for the series. I mean, there are any number of things that could possibly happen that put the Rockets in position to do something fantastic by simply being in a postseason. And I think I like that. Uh, I enjoy those odds as small as they may be, simply because there is opportunity there, whereas bowing out and taking a draft pick that doesn't guarantee you anything, it could be another Terrence Jones. I don't understand why there's so much um, hullabaloo over that when, in either case, you're kind of rolling the dice and hoping for the best. Now, the asset maybe buys you something more concrete, more clear in terms of of the game, but I think ultimately it's, it's it's a late lottery pick, and there are no guarantees in that spot. So either way, you're hoping for the best. You're hoping against hope that you can beat the Warriors, the best regular season team in NBA history, and you're also hoping that your draft pick is a good pick and then plays a role on this team in the near future. Now let me outline my case here. I actually I look at this as where what is going to happen to this team over the summer? I feel like half the roster is gone. Uh, at a minimum, I think Dwight Howard is gone. I think that's kind of a, a little bit of a, not, I wouldn't even call it a secret. I think most people be- around here believe he's probably gone. Now, there's maybe some scenarios where he stays, but I think the feeling is that he's gone. I just wonder, given this team as underperforming as they were all season, what's the benefit of making the playoffs? I look at the chance that they beat Golden State as possibly even being slimmer than winning the lottery at the very back of the uh, of the bus there uh, at 12, 13, 14. Um, I think the odds are actually slimmer of that happening. But I don't look at the lottery pick as, you know, that your chance to be in the top three. I look at it like you have a, a chance to make a solid pick and get, if not a rotation guy, somebody who really could contribute. Now, it's not... You know, there's slim chances of getting guys like Kawhi or Clay Thompson at the back of the lottery or a Paul George like we've seen in the past. But you never know. There are guys who I think get overlooked that you have the chance to end up end up drafting. I just feel like what and the, what I've asked you and, and Calvin Watkins, Jonathan Fagan, we, we all discussed this today. What benefits do the Rockets get out of making the playoffs? Clint Capella, uh, you know, possibly getting some experience. There's something to something like that. Um, you know, obviously the Rockets are going to make revenue from a couple of home games, probably three to four million dollars uh, out of this. But what benefit to the team uh, long term? Because I feel since February, I've been looking at nothing but the 2016-17 Rockets and not this 2015-16 squad. It, it's certainly less tangible, and I will I will side with you there. I think when you talk about what could happen for them making the playoffs, it's fuzzy. It's maybe Clint Capella steps up. Maybe J.B. Bickerstaff, even if he's not the coach here next year, gained some sort of experience in coaching as a head coach in a postseason that benefits him down the line. Maybe something good happens for James Harden. Maybe there's a competitive series and it compels Dwight Howard to stay. I mean, there are all these things that I'm discussing. There, there's nothing concrete. I, I think it, 
to an extent, it's pie in the sky view of opportunity. But I just firmly believe in opportunity. I think sitting on a sideline and not getting an opportunity completely eliminates all these things from happening. If, if Cliff Capello is going to be your center next year and him not playing in four or five or six games in the postseason, that's wasted opportunity. It's like when you talk about coaches all the time, um, when they talk about uh, college coaches preparation for a bowl game and how important those 14 practices are in terms of getting ready for a bowl game because that's 14 practices they wouldn't normally have if the season were over and they didn't qualify for a bowl game. I think I, I, maybe, I, maybe I've been around those guys too much and I view things in that, that sort of prism in terms of what you gain by practicing a little bit more, what you gain by playing games under that spotlight against the best team in the league. I just think there are some things you can gain there that would help certain players on this team long term. Can I put my finger on exactly what that is? Absolutely not. But that gets back to my argument against worrying so much about a draft pick when it could be Terrence Jones or it could be Royce Wright or it could be any number of guys where this organization has not really had a great history of drafting in that spot to where yeah, I don't understand I, why, I why people are so fired up about getting that opportunity when what have they done? You know, Who's on this roster right now that they draft that you feel great about their future here? You don't. You don't see that player. Patrick Beverly, you know, He's really kind of an older player in, in terms of where he's been. James Harden wasn't drafted by this group. Terrence Jones and Dallas Moore Eunice may not be here next year. Dwight Howard wasn't drafted here. Um, Capella was. He's yeah. the only one. So I, I think when you talk about what could happen and you want to play against what could happen in the postseason, you can make the same argument of what could happen with the draft pick because they haven't done anything in recent years to make you feel great about them having this opportunity. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, 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 I do feel like, and, and many people have said that, you know, the Rockets have been pretty good in the second round, not that great in the first round. The Rockets do have two second round picks. They, If you want to call it a, you know, a positive, they did um, avoid sending their second round pick to Minnesota from the Corey Brewer trade. That that uh, obligation vanishes. It was a top 45 protection, and I believe it's going to end up being the 43rd pick uh, of the draft. They get the 37th pick of the draft from New York. So that's uh, their two from, the, I believe, a Jason Terry trade that came uh, via Sacramento. Um, they will have two decent second round picks but I guess I, I just look at this like you're going up against a historically great team, uh, a team that has beaten you 12 out of 13, a team that when you were clicking last year, the Rockets uh, you had no answer for them at all and that was before they took it up a notch as well um, yeah, it's possible but I just have a hard time listening to some of the Rockets saying you know, we're playing well, you, you guys just played the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and uh, the Kings. I wouldn't even call this the Kings. I don't even know what this was. This was. Uh, if we're going to call them the Queens like Shaq did, this is the perfect opportunity to yeah. call them the Queens. They, 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 this was not an NBA team we saw tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Quincy AC uh, launching threes uh, in the first quarter, you know, like they're going out of style, was pretty much a sign that this team really had no incentive at all to win. Um, so I, I guess I just look at it like. And, and perhaps it's my own personal frustration. I feel like twice this year, uh, after the Denias Motunas trade, I was you know spending a couple days looking at late lottery picks, and then after the Rockets lost to the Suns, I was pretty convinced they were they were done before Utah absolutely botched this and fell at home to the the Clippers without any of their stars and basically made Aldrich and and Prigioni look like you know, Stockton and Malone. I, I both times I spent a lot of time looking at these at these draft picks or prospects and feeling, hey, this you know this guy might be pretty good, and then yank, you know, just take having it taken away. Uh, I just I hope that something positive. That, that's what the best I can say out of this. I hope something positive comes out of this series because if they get swept by the Golden State Warriors and now you, you know you've got over your head two straight years of losing to this team pretty convincingly, and, and they're going to have to retool at a minimum anyway. Um, 
that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. And I think also, you know, right now with not having that, that first-round pick, everything is into the free agency. Uh, all the eggs are in that basket right now for the Rockets as far as improving this team for next season. There is a series to talk about here, though, and we'll just talk for a few minutes because we'll talk uh, about it more. It's the extremely disappointing 500 Rockets against the greatest regular season team ever uh, in the Golden State Warriors. I, I'll just say, if the Rockets were to somehow pull off a miracle, and I'm not saying I see that happening, this would be the greatest upset of all time. I'm be- bigger than you know Denver-Seattle. Uh, I couldn't think of one bigger. That was a five-game series. This is a seven-game series against the greatest, you know, 73-win team. Warriors-Mavericks a few years later with, with Dallas, the one that, the number one seed that postseason. Won. That was really, big really as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a 67-win team, so mm-hmm. that, I would agree. It's a good point. Uh, but, yeah, there's no denying if And the only thing that I would say would lessen um, the narrative of the greatest upset ever is that this, this Rockets team was in the Western Conference Finals last year. So there's always that element of, will they ever hit that switch? And, and, and even though that series last year was five games, the Rockets were very much in position to win games one or and game two in Oakland last year and couldn't get it done. And you're that close to it being an, an extended six or seven game series. So as much as Golden State has dominated the series in recent years and as well as they played this year and as much as their style of play dictates them having every, every advantage over the Rockets, you know that there's enough talent within that Rockets locker room that something crazy could happen. They have to maximize everything they have to push Golden State, but at least the possibility exists. Have we seen that team this year? Uh, barely. you know. Yeah. And, and there's no reason to believe that they're going to do it, but at least there's an underlying belief, a flickering light in the darkness that they could figure something out and make this a competitive series. And maybe they, 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 they summon the, the gumption and, and the stones to go out there and challenge Golden State. And that's the thing. That's the only thing you have to hang your hat on. But I agree. If, if it's a sweep, and they're dominant in all four games, it's going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth. And it, then, then I think that's where really the screaming and the, and the yelling and the national teeth will, will come into play here in terms of what they lost in the draft pick by getting into the postseason and not competing. They better compete. Yeah. I think the only thing that makes it worth their while beyond winning the series, which seems impossible, is at least competing for five, six, seven games and making Golden State work for it and developing some sort of positive momentum going into an offseason where I think there's going to be a lot of change, as you said. You know, I think uh, just a few positives I'll throw out there. Patrick Beverly is healthy. Um, didn't have him last year. Now, I think last year we thought, well, maybe he'll slow down, you know, Steph Curry. Nah, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not thinking that that's going to happen, but at least he is healthy and, and, and perhaps could uh, at least cause some trouble here and there with a few technicals or, or what have you. Uh, you know, tonight he had a, a career-high 12 assists. Um, you know, Demo is, is going to be in the series. I'm not going to say Demo's 100% healthy, but he wasn't in the series last year. And you have the playoff Dwight, uh, you know, narrative. W- will he come out just uh, on fire? He certainly has a lot of incentive to play well here because his last month of the season was brutal. Uh, and he's, you know, has the uh, – this summer can opt out and become a free agent. I just – you know, we we looked at the, the you know, three point percentage for the Golden State Warriors, forty one point five percent. They've got five, six guys that shoot in that ballpark. Um, of course, Curry's over forty five percent. Clay's forty three. Draymond's thirty nine. It's it's scary, especially when you consider the fact that if Dwight is you know going to get the ball and, and be active, they can foul him, put him to the line, and and the points per possession is just it's just lopsided when they're that efficient from three point range. I'll add one thing that I'm curious about before we go. Uh, I'm wondering what, what James Harden does here. Uh, I think last year in that series he was on a cusp of breaking out before he had the 12 turnover game in the finale, and it really just kind of threw mud on what had been a pretty solid series for him. And 
it's funny as we talk about him tonight. He joins you know Michael Jordan, Oscar Robinson, and LeBron James, the only players in league history to average twenty nine points, six rebounds, and seven assists for a season. As as much as his reputation has been damaged by the overall play of the team and what he his his backsliding defensively, he had a fantastic offensive year, and you can't deny him that. So I look at it as this a golden opportunity for him individually to gain some momentum going into the summer, going into the Olympics, to, to maybe to repatch his reputation a little bit because yeah. that, that's what the postseason's about. You know, what was the, um, the, the ad campaign a couple years ago? This is where legends are born. He can do a lot to get himself further away from the backsliding of the season by going out here and having a great series against the best team in the league. And I think he's capable of doing that. I don't think um, – Thompson is the same defensive player this year as he's been in previous years. The stage is set for him, and maybe this doesn't impact the Rockets greatly in terms of stretching his series out six or seven games, but I think there is a chance for him to go out of here and do something fantastic on the court and, and, and gain eyeballs and, and gain part of his reputation back, and he can get more of it back in this summer. So I think of everybody that has something to gain is James Harden. The floor is his for him to go out here and do something special. Nice. I appreciate you joining me, man. I, my goal right now, avoid the sweep. Just get a game, and we'll, you know, you never know. We'll see what happens uh, from there. But uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, that confident that it will go beyond that. But, uh, MK, always a pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate you doing this. Appreciate it, Dave.